Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Christy and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, August 28th. Today we are reading from the big book. We're on page 14. We're um, in the fifth full paragraph down with the paragraph that starts with, while I lay in the hospital. Today's readers are Eddie, Deb W., Marsha, and Paula. The reference number for Monday, August 27th, is 2918. Again, that's 2918. The OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. This meeting's primary purpose is to abstain, to recover from compulsive overeating, and to carry this message of recovery to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now call on Anne-Marie to read the 12 steps. Good morning. This is Anne-Marie, Recovering Compulsive Eater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we are powerless over food. We admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 12. Having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive eaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Anne-Marie. I will now call on Rosanna to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning. Rosanna, compulsive overeater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, 
For our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name will never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Rosanna. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book. We're in the fourth edition. We're on page 14. We're in the fifth paragraph down um, with the paragraph that starts with, while I lay in the hospital. And I will ask Eddie to begin reading, please. Good morning. This is Eddie in Virginia. I'm grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Happy to be here this morning. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given to me. Perhaps I could help some of them. They, in turn, might work with others. And one of the things that really impresses me about this um, as I read this paragraph is here's a man that came through, I'm sure, a very painful and difficult recovery, uh, withdrawal from his substance. Um, and um, the experience that he just had is just, it's just mind-boggling. Um, he spent most of his life chasing after his substance, being very self-centered, um, not really caring 
if you know as we as we read a story i mean he really didn't care about anything or anybody except the, the pursuit and, and obtaining of his of his particular crutch and um you know within just it seems to be the blink of an eye here he is um you know in with this experience um upon him and he's already thinking about what he can do um to help other people so it, to me that just speaks of the depth and the profound nature of of, of this religious actually spiritual i should say experience that he's just gone through and what it has done to him the transformation it was almost it's just immediate it's you know like the proverbial uh, struck by the thunderbolt um you know that you read about sometimes uh, i'm i'm just um i'm just so amazed that you know all of a sudden it it just seems like in the blink of an eye here he was from uh, from one one type of individual to this totally transformed um person with a new vision in life and and hope um and uh, you know just full of this wonderful spiritual uh light and 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 has this willingness to just go out and make it work um you know for others as it has worked for him and i'm sure had his wife been in the room she probably would have said who are you and what have you done with my husband um uh, because i'm sure it just seems like the transformation was just just so immediate um, it didn't happen that way for me. I probably doesn't happen that way for most of us. But uh, I guess it doesn't stop me from appreciating the fact that it can happen, and um, that I continue to be grateful for you know my garden variety of educational experience that um, has worked for me for all these years. And I pass. Thank you, Eddie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Good morning, it's Deb. Deb, go ahead. Good morning, a vision for you. Um, my name is Ben. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Michigan. I too, I just, I love this paragraph because it just shows me back on page 13 where it says, "There I humbly offered myself to God, as I then understood Him to do with me as He would. I placed myself unreservedly under His care and direction." So He humbly lowered himself and he realized that you know without god he was nothing and look what god did then he opened his mind to new possibilities and way in which he can serve his man you know the fellow mankind around him and he put this beautiful thought you know while i lay in the hospital his thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me the thought came to mind that I need to give this away. I need to start the sponsorship part. He probably didn't necessarily have the word sponsorship in mind, but, I mean, God planted a seed, and look where it's, it has exploded, and I just think that's awesome and beautiful, and with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deb. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Sure, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. This is Paula. Recovered compulsive overeater, and look at—he's still in the hospital bed, still in the hospital bed. And truly, yes, the thought came. Well, now he's on a different, a different level here. Now he's on a spiritual level. So where did the thought come from? Yeah, God Himself. But that, the, the part, Look at how beautiful this. Is. We saw Bill at his worst. Now, the transformation at his best. There were thousands of hopeless alcoholics. That word, hopeless. See, that had been taken out now and replaced by hope. 
and what came, and here again the transformation. Well, let me take this and run with it. It's all mine. No. It had been given to me. And to keep it, I had to give it away. And he says clearly, freely, no price tag on that, freely given me. But there was a price that had to be paid, and he willingly paid it. Perhaps I could help some of them. And then they, in turn, and here it all is, might work with others. As Ebby had come to him, he would go to others. Thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Thank you, Paula. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Good morning, it's Leah. Leah, go ahead. Yes, hi, Christy. Good morning, everybody. My name is Leah. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. While I lay in the hospital, the thought came that there were thousands of hopeless alcoholics who might be glad to have what had been so freely given me. Yeah, um, that would be extraordinary. You know, Bill came into the hospital. Um, Certainly something profound had had happened in Towns Hospital because he came in uh, selfish, he came in an egomaniac, he came in self-centered, you know, and look at this transformation that has occurred. Now, He's while he's lying in the hospital, he's thinking about the thousands of hopeless alcoholics that he can help. So certainly to change from what he had become, which was selfish and self-centered, to that which God intended him to be, and that's exactly what this spiritual experience um is all about the spiritual awakening is is leading just like it led Bill from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. Bill underwent a profound alteration in his reaction to life. You know, his reaction always used to be, how can I get some more folding money in my pocket? That was his reaction to life. How can I be accomplished? How can I conquer the next territory? Here, he's not thinking that way. He's thinking very differently now. He's thinking, how can I pass what what has happened to me on to the next person? You know, the big book teaches us that to get over drinking, it's going to require a transformation of thought and attitude, and that's exactly what's illustrated in this paragraph. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Leah. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Well, I'm Christy, and I'm a recovered compulsive reader. And, um, you know, I mean, there's so many points in this big book when the message was carried to Bill that um, we talk about the fellowship being born. And for me, when I read this paragraph, that's the point where I believe this fellowship was born. You know, it was one thing to have Ebby come to Bill and share this uh, this program of recovery, such as it was at the time, um, you know, and have Bill grab a hold, you know, for some crazy reason. All of a sudden, there was something, you know, that crack opened in his denial that allowed him to be receptive to what Ebby was saying and saying, yeah, maybe this might work for me. You know, he was given that hope. But here when he's in the hospital and the thought comes to him that maybe, maybe there were other hopeless alcoholics out there that might be helped in the same way he had, to me, had he not had that thought, it would have been Bill and Ebby, and that's pretty much it. You know, and really Bill, you know, when things played out the way they did in Ebby's life. But, you know, for me, for him to even have that thought, of course, is a miracle. It's nothing short of a miracle that he was thinking about someone other than himself. But the fact that he thought that maybe, maybe there were thousands 
thousands of hopeless alcoholics. And the reality is that there are millions millions of hopeless, certainly not only alcoholics, but, you know, millions of other people, including us, you know, including compulsive overeaters that have been helped, that might still be helped by this program of recovery. And uh, I'm just so grateful that he had that, you know, complete transformation, complete transformation from selfishness to selflessness that um, allowed him to think that way. And, and, you know, certainly allowed millions of people recover to recover from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. And with that, I'll pass. Anyone else like to share on what was read before we move on? This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Well, I'm just, I'm, this is Katie, a compulsive reader in Virginia. Um, I'm just thinking about the fact that when he was talking to um, Evie, you know, a few pages ago, his mind was thinking about, you know, all the, um, oh, he can blather on and on, but, you know, my, my alcohol is going to last longer than his talking. His, that monkey chatter was still going on in his head. And what I see here is he is clear-headed. He has a clear head that he had never had before. So he's actually having a thought outside of, about someone else, which is, miraculous but it's what happens to us when we put down the food and for bill put down the alcohol is that we stop thinking about only ourselves and of course they had laid out that they didn't call it the 12 steps then but they had told him that he needed to carry the message and um which we will go on to hear about but but it's like his eyes have been opened to the fact that he was so completely miserable and he's not anymore. And he wants to share that. And he had nothing to share before. And now he does. And it's, um, he has a faith that he could not buy anywhere. And it's, uh, it's a miracle with that I'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Anyone else? This is Lois. May I share? Sure, Lois. Go ahead. Morning. Um, yes, when, it, when, I, when I read this, I think to myself, this was not Bill's doing. This was really not the Bill that we knew. You know, surely, you know, this was uh, one of the promises, that the, for maybe for me when I listened to it, the first promise, you know, that, that God could do for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And, and surely this was a transformation that this was this God-given program, you know, was given first to Bill, and then to to all of us, to to the world, and and this was this was one of the promises coming true, and God had transformed him so that he could be there for others, and then we could we too could do what Bill could do, that we could we could do for others what God had done for us, and with that I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Lois. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Maggie, compulsive overeater. Maggie, go ahead. Thank you. Yes, as um, what I'm getting from this is the message that as we put down the food and pick up the message, not in our own strength, but in the power that we receive through working the steps, we too can share it and multiply the effect that uh, Bill's higher power had on him. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Maggie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? 
All right, we will move on to the next paragraph. Deb W., will you please read the next paragraph? It's a pleasure. Good morning, a vision for you, Deb, recovered compulsive overeater from Michigan. My friend had emphasized the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. Particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. Faith without works was dead, he said, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. If he did not work, he would surely drink again, and if he drank, he would surely die. Then faith would be dead indeed. With us, it is just like that. Um, wow, this is heavy packed <laughs> with so many awesome, awesome goodies. Um, first of all, I want to bring out the word imperative. Required, necessary, essential, um, expressing a command or a plea. You know, this is essential. I remember early on um, in joining these phone meetings and thinking, oh, I can't wait to pass this on. And, and I loved how we'd read a vision for you, but you can't transmit something you haven't got. I had to go through this process. I had to put the food down. I had to realize, first and foremost, I am powerless over this. I had to implement these steps all you know, three, I mean all of them, in order. I couldn't skip any. I had, to, I had to go through it exactly so. And this transformation has happened, and it's just absolutely beautiful. But after that, I love how it says, faith without works is dead. I have to follow that up. Step 12, we have to give it away in order to keep it. And so I love how on page 83 it says, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. It's a matter of, it's not just a bunch of head knowledge that we've acquired and then um, we just go on with our life and think everything's going to be hunky-dory. No, this, this is a design for living that really works, that we can implement in every facet of our life, and it's just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, and then I want to say, I was talking to a great friend last night about um, working with others, and I just want to go back to that. Practical experience shows that nothing will so much ensure immunity from drinking as intensive work with other alcoholics. It works when um, other activities fail. This is our 12th suggestion. Carry this message to other alcoholics. You can help when no one else can. You can secure their confidence when others fail. Um, and that is so true. I mean, of course, I've been given this gift. And how do I want to follow up with that? I want to give it away because it's just absolutely awesome, and that's the way in which we need to live. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Deb W. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Kim. Um, I think I heard Kim. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, thank you, Kim, and then, Jan and then Janice. Very good. Go ahead, Kim. Good morning. Good morning, my fellows. My name is Kim. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. For if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. You know, it doesn't say for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his abstinence. You know, it's his spiritual life. This is a spiritual program. That's what we're working on. That's what we're working towards. And it's through the work. What's the work? The work is the steps. You know, we often hear steps 10 through 12 are the maintenance steps. 
I've recently heard it, that there's a growth step. Because if we truly apply the spiritual life, if we truly apply steps 10, 11, and 12, we're going to grow. We're going to keep enlarging that spiritual life. We're going to keep perfecting that relationship with God. And it says here, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. I mean, for years I just thought, if I can get down those certain weight, life will be perfect. Because when you're thin, nothing bad happens to you. You know, and this is saying that life is going to happen. But if we keep working towards the spiritual life, if we keep reaching towards connection with our higher power, we can have peace. You know, I love the saying that pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. You know, life is going to happen, but with God and with our fellows and with this program, we can go through life um, and, and these trials and these low spots without suffering. You know, and that's what I want today. You know, I'm not expanding my abstinence life. I'm expanding my spiritual life today. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim. Go ahead, Janice. Good morning. Good morning, Christy. Good morning, Vision for You. My name is Janice. I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. I love that this paragraph goes on to give some more instructions. You know, it gives us some great instructions. You know, what did Evie know that he could pass on to Bill? Well, one of the things he emphasized was the absolute necessity of demonstrating these principles in all my affairs. You know, the principles of honesty and hope and integrity and perseverance. You know, all the one, all the principles that go along with and build and grow in us as we work the steps. Things that Bill had been doing with his work with Ebby, you know, acquainting his friend with his deficiencies, you know, doing that searching inventory and finding out what he was up against. And all of those things, Ebby was saying, you know, the principles that come out of living a life like that, having that kind of turnaround, that transformation, I had to demonstrate those in all my affairs, not just here on the line. You know, it's easy to do it's easy to do it here with you on a vision for you, but is it as easy to go out in all my affairs? And that's what Evie was saying. You can't compartmentalize it and only practice on the phone with your fellows, you need to practice these principles in all your affairs. And particularly was it imperative to work with others as he had worked with me. So an example was being given, instructions were being given about what it had been like, what happened and what it's like now. You know, to go ahead and carry that message with still others. And Bill had been thinking about that lying in the hospital that if Evie had done it with him, then Bill could go on to do it with still others, that there must be so many alcoholics with whom he had yet to make contact, and perhaps they in turn might work with others. You know, he saw a way that this thing might continue and grow. But it was true that for him, he had to continue to grow personally, personally, his own personal spiritual life. Because if he didn't do that, he wouldn't be useful to others. He wouldn't be able to continue that work with others. 
And if he didn't do that, life was going to come and hit him upside the head and he certainly would not be able to survive the highs and lows, the trials of our daily lives. And if he did not do that, if he did not work through those daily ups and downs, then the drink would start to look awfully good to him again. And if he picked up the drink, he knew he would die. He knew he would die. You know, and then where would that faith be? Well, it would be dead for sure. So, you know, this paragraph speaks to me so clearly and so beautifully of the beginnings of what it meant to work with others, but to stay on that spiritual path myself, to continue to work and enlarge my spiritual life so that I could continue to work with others. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Press star one to unmute. Good morning, it's Leah. Leah, go ahead. Thank you. If he did not work, he would surely drink again. If he drank, he would surely die. I mean, this is, you know, the, the essence of everything we do here. Uh, you know, we don't avoid these responsibilities. Uh, we carry a message out of uh, responsibility. We have a responsibility to pass it on. We have an obligation to pass it on. It's sheer pleasure to pass it on, that's for sure. But it's also self-preservation. It's self-preservation. It isn't a question of other compulsive overeaters giving me anything. My stability comes out of trying to give trying to give, not demanding that I receive, <laughs> but trying to give is my stability because it's through, it's through this work. We talk about steps 10, 11, and 12. Step 10 allows me to continue to examine my thinking and my, my behavior. Step 11 allows me to continue to improve this relationship with God. And step 12 tells me to pass it on. And it's because of those steps that enable me to live a life that is free from restlessness, irritability, and discontentment. I don't dwell there. You know, uh, they may crop up now and then, but I do not dwell there. So when it says if he did not work, he would surely drink again, that is so true. That is so true. Yes, I have a twofold disease. And yes, that twofold disease consists of an allergy of the body, obsession of the mind. You know, obsession of the mind is greater aspect of the disease. I have a spiritual malady, a spiritual illness, a gangrene of the spirit. The way that it, that is attended to is through spiritual work. If he did not work through carrying the message and self-sacrifice, he would surely drink again. Of course I will, because I'm a real compulsive overeater. Bill was a real alcoholic, and he would drink. And if he drank, he would surely die. You know, once Bill picked up that first drink, the disease had the last say. Well, it's true for compulsive overeaters as well. You know, this is the nuts and bolts of the program. This is reality for those of us that are recovered. We either, you know, it's either the pain of discipline of this program of recovery or pain of regret. You know, that's it, two choices. Pain, pain of spiritual work and self-sacrifice. Or the pain of regret. It's door number one or door number two all over again. With that, I pass. Thank you. 
Thank you, Leah. Anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Paula. May I share? Sure, Paula. Go ahead. Thank you. You know that line where it says, faith without works was dead. The faith being your belief, your trust, your confidence, your conviction. Now without works, it was dead. Now with works, then it was alive. Then it was alive, and so are you fully and totally and completely, finally. And it says, and how appallingly true for the alcoholic. For if an alcoholic, now look at the next line, failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life, there you go, perhaps resting on your laurels. Those beliefs have to take legs. They have to, they have to go on to work in self-sacrifice. And it's very clear here. How? Through work and self-sacrifice for others. He could not survive the certain trials in low spots. They will come. They will come in many forms. Through a letter, through a phone call, through a knock on the door. They will come. But to survive them, to survive them, this is what he had to do, enlarge. Enlarge his spiritual life. And I like the way it ended too. It comes together here. Then faith would be dead indeed. Then faith would be dead indeed. Your convictions, your beliefs would be dead. And it says clearly, with us, it's just like that. What a simple statement. That's the way it is. It's clear enough. Thank you for allowing me to share with that. I do pass. Thank you, Paula. I'm Christine. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I really appreciate what other people have said, of course. Um, there are some pieces that jump out at me in this paragraph, you know, the absolute necessity of de demonstrating these principles in all my affairs, you know, for if an alcoholic failed to perfect and enlarge his spiritual life through work and self-sacrifice for others, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And, you know, for me, in active addiction, my life did not extend beyond the bowl my face was in or beyond the bottom of the bag that I was eating from. Uh, that was pretty much the extent of my life. And this program was, com was designed for someone like me, someone like me who was selfish and self-centered to the extreme. And what, what, this program says to me, someone like me is, you know, you need to think about other people. You need to think about other people in order to save your life. And under the threat of reactivating my disease, that's what I do. You know, unfortunately for me, it's not because it's the right thing to do. At least it didn't start out that way. It's because, you know, it was threatened by going back to a disease that had me by the throat. It had me by the throat. It completely consumed every aspect of my life. And, um, you know, I'll never forget my sponsor early on in my recovery who, you know, I was having a particular issue at work, and she said, go to work and be of service. Go to work and be of service. Be of service to the people you work with. Really? You know, like someone else shared, it was easy to do that with people in the rooms. And when I say easy, not always easy. You know, people, other people who are practicing these principles in all their affairs, even, even with those people, I had some trouble. You know, um, 
certainly working through that with my sponsor and with others. But, you know, to go out in the world with people who aren't working a 12-step program, now that's a challenge. That's a challenge for someone like me. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget walking into work and thinking to myself, how can I make your lives easier today? How can I make your lives easier today? How can I work today with integrity? How can I work today with courage and honesty? How can I practice these principles in all my affairs, in every aspect of my life, even with people that you know, might be spiritually sick? How can I do that? And that has completely transformed my life, completely transformed my life. Again, under the threat of not wanting to reactivate this disease that had me by the throat. And my life has completely changed. You know, that's evidenced by, you know, the, the performance reviews I get by my boss. You know, that's evidenced by that. That's how, that's how I know this program is working in my life. You know, my, my boss will say things to me, you know, and there's just the two of us in the room, and I want to turn around and see who she's talking to. She's talking to me. She's talking to me. And that's, you know, that is not, that's not the way I lived, you know, the majority of my life. You know, I've been given, you know, one-fifth of my life back. I've been given a decade of life in recovery that I am so grateful for. I am so grateful for that. I'm grateful to be living the way I'm living my life today because it feels like the right thing to do. You know, that shift happened for me that it is the right thing to do. You know, I actually have a barometer today that tells me when something is right or isn't right. And if I'm not sure, I check it out with other people. And I am eternally grateful for that. And with that, I pass. Is there anyone else who would like to share on the paragraph that was read? This is Katie. Katie, go ahead. Hi, I'm Katie, a compulsive overeater. And I just want to focus on this part um, he could not survive the certain trials and low spots ahead. And to me, um, this is saying that you have to continue to get out of yourself or when those trials come, and they will come. He had a lot of life left. It's, you know, people were going to die. <laughs> All kinds of things were going to happen in his life. And to be able to survive those, he had to stay out of himself and spiritually connected. Um, when I am getting too inwardly focused and, you know, complaining about the little things in my life, the surest way to get me out of it is to pick up the phone or do something of service to others. Um, you know, people say to me, oh, I thank you for... Uh, you know, participating in this or that, you know, after you've been asking for over two decades. And I want to say, you don't get it. I'm doing this in order to survive myself. And I don't know how long, you know, Bill lived, but I think it was a long time. And he, he didn't stop working this program. He didn't say, okay, well, that was, you know, that was great for the first five years or, you know, 10 years, but I don't need to do that anymore. I, I'm, I've grown up. I've learned everything I need to learn. No, this program is about giving to others, and we, get, we do that forever. We don't just, you know, say, oh, well, I have, you know, I'm beyond that. I'm too good for that. No, this is a spiritual program that we keep working. We keep sacri sacrificing for others 
in order to stay in recovery ourselves. And because there will be trials and we need to have a way to get through those. And unfortunately, it's not just putting down the food. That's the beginning of life. That's, that's the easy part compared to walking through every single thing that's going to happen in our lives and not pick the food back up. Unfortunately, that was the easy part. It didn't seem easy at the time, but that is just the beginning. And this program works with every single thing that will come up in your life if you keep picking up the spiritual principle. That'll pass. Thank you, Katie. Would anyone else like to share on what was read before we move to the next paragraph? Good morning. Hello. Hi. Who is Hi. this? Hi. This is Barbara from New York. Hi. Hi, Barbara. Go ahead and share. Hi. Thank you. Um, I, I heard part of the reading and most of the shares, and I was so, like, wired up. It was so good to hear all this, and um, I truly believe, you know, I agree with everybody what they said, and, and for my own life, um, I don't know how I would survive uh, the disease of alcohol and, and uh, food addiction. I never would be able to, to get through the day because life hands you these things, and what do you do with it? And, uh, an addictive person picks up the food, uh, a compulsive overeater. I, I mean, I've walked back and forth the refrigerator like, like it's a, a book, like I had to open it and see what's in it and break off and pick off, especially at night, especially at night. And today, it's so different. My life. It's, it's when I wait. When you walk into a doctor's office and he tells you, "I'm sorry, but you know, your your tumor's malignant. You got cancer." What? What? It's the first thing I want to die. I want to just die. And the second thing is go to the food because I want to die. And those are my feelings. I've done this, and I've survived cancer, and I've survived horrible, horrible things in a lifetime. And the only thing I hold on to are these twelve steps. These you know, I gotta, I gotta have this faith in order to not go to the refrigerator to know that God's watching over me, and He always has, always. And uh, I'm blessed, and we're all blessed. And what a gift, 7:42 in the morning to pick up the phone and be able to, to you know, get the message and hear the, hear the, the, the how do you say, it? maybe prognosis for the, not prognosis. The solution, the solution for the disease. It's all here. It's in the book. The Bible and the book are the same exact words, if anybody ever read the Bible. And my faith became so strong that the more things that happened to me in my life, the more stronger I got instead of weakening because I'm not picking up the food. When when I heard cancer, I wanted to go right to the food. Instead of going to the food, I went for treatment. I did what the doctor said. I rested. Today I rest my body. It's not easy. I sound like it's easy, but forget it. It's not. But I know one thing. If you have a problem and you pick up the food, you not only have the problem you have and the fear, and you wake up with fear and you go to sleep with fear because you're eating, that food magnifies everything in your life. And I'm so such a blessed, grateful woman and I believe so much in a higher power, which I call God. Thank you for letting me share. I was all excited from all the sharing. Everybody spoke with such enthusiasm, and it's because it's the truth what they're saying. It's all the truth. It's hard. It's, I'm not. I'm not easy doing it. Easy. It's not. I felt like it was. If I didn't have this program and these 
meetings, I would be in an institution mentally for all I've been through. But because I don't pick up the food when I have the problem, the problem is just the problem. And there is a solution to that, but there's no solution with with, with making yourself sick with the food because the remorse and the, the body gets big. And then you hate yourself, and then you you, you, you isolate, and then you don't want people. And you, it's, it's, it goes on and on. But with any problem, you could solve it as long as you don't pick up the food. There's a solution to everything we go through, my friends, everything. Thank you for letting me share. Oh, I'm so excited this morning for this meeting. Thank you. Thank you, Barbara. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? Let's move on to the next paragraph. Marsha, will you please read the next paragraph? Marsha, press star one to unmute. I'm sorry. Good morning, A Vision for You. I'm Marcia, and I'm a compulsive reader. My wife and I abandoned ourselves with enthusiasm to the idea of helping other alcoholics to a solution of their problems. It was fortunate for my old business associate to remain skeptical for a year and a half, during which I found little work. I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. This sometimes nearly drove me back to drink, but I soon found that when all other measures failed, work with another alcoholic would save the day. Many times I had gone to my old hospital in despair. On talking to a man there, I would be amazingly lifted up and set on my feet. It is a design for living that works in rough going. This is such a wonderful paragraph. This is a, like a critical part of Bill's story because he has put his his program into action and he was working with other people, putting it into practice. And he and Lois, was they, they devoted themselves to working with other alcoholics. Um, and, and ironically, well, not ironically, uh, because his other business associates weren't convinced that he had changed and he wasn't able to work. And, uh, and I know that that's from my own experience, uh, I have lost weight and gained weight over and over and over again, and I know my family wondered if it would stick every time. Um, but for Bill, we know that he suffered from depression in his life, and, and no doubt he occasionally would want to want to medicate, or he, he wanted to go back to his old way of medicating himself. But, but because he had dedicated himself to serving others, to, to getting out of himself, to being... Um, self-sacrificing and think about others before thinking of himself he saved his sobriety on a daily basis and he saved his life uh, he was lifted out of that addiction by going to by going to the old hospital and talking to an alcoholic there when he was in the most despairing of his depression he would go there and help someone else or try to and he called that a design for living that works in rough going which um, had had he been or he had been given a life that kept him from drinking, and the same is true for us. I remember when I was done with my ninth step, and then I was working my daily 10, 11, and 12, I was so excited to start working with other people. I really wanted to help them to get what was so freely given me. And uh, for that, I, I, I now have a design, thanks to Bill. I have a design for living today that helps me stay abstinent and, and might help others because I am trying to work with them. Um, in the food, 
I'm a very selfish person. I'm a very self-centered, self-seeking person. But to save my abstinence, to save my life, I have to turn myself over to serving other compulsive overeaters. And not only just compulsive overeaters, people in general. I, I have to turn my life over to, to, to serving them rather than my own self-will. And, and as Christy said, this works in, in, at work. It works in my, with my family. It, it works with my friends. Just on a daily basis, I ask my higher power, how can I serve you today? How can I help somebody else? How can I make mm-hmm. a difference? And, and for me, that is saving my life. It's ironic, it's a paradox in that in serving others, I'm saving myself. And and it is a design for living that I have to apply on a daily basis if I'm going to stay abstinent. So with that, I will pass. Thank you. Thank you, Marsha. Press star one to unmute if you would like to share on what was read. This is Helena. May I share? Sure. What was your name again? I'm sorry. Elena. Elena, go ahead. You can hear me. I have the phone on speaker. Um, the, in this paragraph, this is a paragraph that has saved my life over and over. Bill was on the mountaintop on page 14, and here he is being plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. And he, is to, he told us in the paragraphs since he described being on the mountaintop on page 14, he has told us that what was emphasized to him was he must work with other alcoholics in order to keep what he has. And here he is describing exactly how it worked in his life. When he was not too well, he didn't have work, plagued with depression, self-pity, resentment. What works is working with others. It is a design for living that works in rough going. And as was already said so many times, we will have rough going. We have put down our food. We have put down our drink. And there will be rough going. But here is the design. He's been working up to it in the last several paragraphs. And now he is telling us how it worked for him. Pass. Thank you, Elena. Would anyone else like to share on what was read? This is Janice. Janice, go ahead. Thank you, Christy. Thank you. How honest Bill was with us here. How honest Bill was with us here. This is his personal experience we're reading about. And thank God for that. Because someone in whom the problem had been solved approached me. And I could see through their experience what was possible for me. You know, a good good information to have, I like to say. Good information to have that yes, Bill, in, the, in those early days, Bill was plagued by the emotional management of the disease. But when the food is quiet, when our food is down, when the food is quiet, we can hear the message of that spiritual life. We can hear the message that comes to us when we're enlarging our spiritual life. You know, that personal, very personal work that I must do one day at a time for this 24 hours, stay in conscious contact with that power greater than myself. You know, do my prayer and meditation. Start the day off thinking about how do you want this day to unfold? 
you know, what can I do to be helpful and useful? And when I do that, then the highs and lows that might come my way, there will always be a solution. There will always be a solution. Because I couldn't hear that higher power, that inspired intuitive thought, that direction, that way to go. You know, it was, it was cloudy. It was blocked from me. But when the food is quiet, my ears are opened. My spiritual ears are opened. And I can hear. I can hear. You know, and what have I found to be true? Just what Bill found to be true. That when all other measures might fail, the one action that always works is working with another alcoholic, working with another compulsive overeater. And oftentimes, it is amazing. It sets me on my feet. Talking with someone who's trying to do what I'm trying to do, live a spiritual life, help each other, work with each other, talk each other off the ledge on the days when you feel like you're on the ledge. You know, it is indeed a design for living that works under all conditions. Rough going, smooth going. It works in on, under all conditions. And Bill was so wonderfully honest here with us about what it was like for him so that we know we're not unique in that. We're not unique. We're all together. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Janice. Would anyone else like to share on this paragraph? This is Leah. Leah, go ahead. Thank you. Yeah, these two statements, uh, the first one being I was not too well at the time and was plagued by waves of self-pity and resentment. You know, thank God the program of recovery teaches us uh, that we can't be governed by feelings. We have feelings. You know, we never rise above being human in this program of recovery. But I'm not governed by those feelings. You know, they, if I was governed by those feelings, if Bill was governed by those feelings, well then, you know, at 3 p.m. in the afternoon, you're feeling on top of the world, and at 5 p.m., you're ready to drop, you know, jump off the ledge. I mean, it's an emotional roller coaster ride. Thank God the program of recovery uh, taught Bill, and Bill teaches us through these uh, pages, that we're governed by principles, governed by principles. And those principles are steady. Despite, you know, whatever feelings may come my way, those principles stay firm so that I can be governed by God's will, so that I can seek the vision of God's will rather than my limited vision. You know, I thank God for that. I thank God it's a program of action. That's why that chapter is titled Into Action. It's not titled Into Emotion or Into Feeling. You know, uh, it, is, it is entitled Into Action because that's what the program of recovery teaches me. And then the statement, it is a design for living that works in rough going. You know, I like to say this program of recovery is education without gra- graduation. There is no finish line here. You know, perhaps I had other hopes and dreams for myself than to be on a on a phone meeting every morning. But the reality is, my name is Leah, and I'm a real compulsive overeater. You know, that's my reality. You know, whether I want to fight it or not. You know, uh, things don't necessarily get easier, but it just continues to be necessary for compulsive overeaters of my type. You know, I came here because I don't want to die. And also because I don't want to live the, like the way I once lived. 
I lived in a way that was absent of any quality of life. Today, through this design for living, I can meet those certain trials and low spots. I can live a life like this program promises me, which is happy, joyous, and free. A life which is which allows me to have my true ambition to be useful and to walk humbly under the grace of God. And with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Leah. And thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Paula please read a vision for you? This is Paula recovered compulsive Rita. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then. Thank you, Paula. I will now ask everyone to press star one to unmute so we can say the serenity prayer together. God, God, grant me the 